This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 113 Inch. On this week's episode, we continue our interview with the Grammy Award winning guitarist Jim Kimo West. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Mahalo to Kimo for that pretty stinking majestic theme song. Dave, it is always a treat to hear our official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song. I could listen to that theme song on repeat forever. Me too. Well, we hope that everyone enjoyed part one of our interview with Kimo from last week's episode and picked up his brand new album, Kahanua Maluhia, Peaceful World, over at JimKimoWest.com or wherever you get your pretty stinking majestic music. And if you have not picked it up, what are you waiting for? Well, to be fair, maybe they're waiting for Weasel Stomping Day. Ah, yeah, tis the season. Now, as we all know, Weasel Stomping Day happens but once per year on June 31st. You know, Ethan, I've already got my mayonnaise spread on my lawn, which, you know, is kind of unfortunate because it's been like 100 degrees all week. Well, I'm just glad that me and my family use vegan mayonnaise. It still smells bad, but at least we're doing something for the environment. Anyway, from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast, Happy Weasel Stomping Day! Be sure to celebrate responsibly. You gotta make sure their little spines are completely crushed or else it gets kind of weird. Alright, well lots to get to this week, so let's check out This Week in Weird Al Related News. Now, according to a post on Instagram, Weird Al was spotted at Mass Mocha in North Adams, Massachusetts, on Sunday, June 20th, which was Father's Day. All right, Ethan, I know you've been to Mass Mocha. What exactly is Mass Mocha? So Mass Mocha stands for Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. And it is this giant, huge museum. It's pretty close to me. It's only about 45 minutes away in North Adams, Massachusetts. And you got to go there sometime, Dave. It is like multiple warehouses full of just insane artwork. And when you think artwork, it's not like paintings. It's like really, really weird stuff. Like I was there once and there was this giant warehouse room. There's these multiple things. It takes hours to go through all this. And one of them was this, it was an entire like fairground set up with rides, but they were just moving really slow. (laughs) Well, (laughs) That sounds like a really cool place. I definitely would like to check that out. Do you have any idea why Weird Al was there, though? Well, Mass Mocha is a really cool place. And if you happen to find yourself in North Adams, there's not a whole lot to do outside of Mass Mocha. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he was just in the area and, and uh, was looking for something fun to do. I mean, they change their exhibits quite frequently. So you can probably go a couple times a year and see different stuff. Yeah, I'm just wondering why Weird Al was in North Adams out of all places. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? Well, do you think Al went there because he heard you raving about Mass Mocha? Heard me raving about it? Well, I don't think he has a direct line to my thoughts anymore. 
No, no, no. Back on episode 39 inch, the episode where we go behind the scenes of our live UHF screening event with Jonah Ray, you mentioned that one of the places that you and Jonah visited in the days before the live UHF screening event was Mass Mocha. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, last time I was there was with Jonah Ray. That's right. Well, Weird Al mentioned that he listened to the podcast, and since he was in the area and you spoke very highly about it, and you and Jonah had so much fun there, why would Al not check it out based on what you said? Well, I think that is exactly right, Dave. There is no possible other explanation than I think Al was maybe just going through and re-listening to all of our episodes. And when he hit episode 39 inch, he said, you know what I should do for Father's Day? I should fly out to North Adams, Massachusetts, to the closest airport, which is in Albany. And then I will drive up there the 45 minutes to an hour. Well, Ethan, I think you might be onto something there. But, you know, there is only one way to know for sure. Now, how far is Mass Mocha from Troy, New York? Still about an hour, I would say. Okay, so if we see Weird Al post a picture of himself eating a burrito the size of his head, then we'll know that he definitely is taking tips from our podcast. That reminds me, this week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in quesadilla burrito burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say, beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, Always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com or wizardburger.com and order ahead. And now would be a great time to introduce our newest podcast sponsor. Please welcome Weird Al superfan Joe Krause and his show Waiting for Lunch Radio to our sponsorship family. Today's episode is brought to you by Jonah Vaughn from Waiting for Lunch Radio. Waiting for Lunch Radio is a freeform radio show inspired by mixtapes and zines, playing a wide range of crazy music and hot, fresh, demented ear food. Waiting for Lunch Radio is not available wherever you get podcasts because it's on Mixcloud. But don't worry, you can find it at waitingforlunch.com. So, come on down to Waiting for Lunch Radio and Waiting for Lunch, your Waiting for Lunch Radio. Or hop on over to WaitingForLunch.com for a hot and loaded, wizardly, vegan, freeform radio zine. From Detroit to Jersey City to Europa, Waiting for Lunch Radio feeds your hungry ears with out-of-this-world real music, always freeform style. Leave a weird message at 313-883-9275 or order ahead at WaitingForLunch.com. Thanks again to Jonah Vaughn for joining the Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast sponsorship family. We love you guys. Welcome aboard. All right, this past weekend was the Magic for Memories event with episode 111-inch guest Justin Willman. Ethan, you and I were there, and it was so much fun, wasn't it? It was such a blast. Now, the show is about two hours long and it was just filled with so much fun justin was doing all sorts of magic tricks he had all those celebrity guests that we talked about and yes weird al himself he was there too as justin mentioned on our podcast he was actually the magician that taught weird al that floating majestic orb video that went viral way back when so he actually got to show that video again talk a little about it and then he showed weird al a brand new trick 
Yes, and we won't spoil it for you, but we will say is he showed Al how to turn a face mask into an egg, and it was pretty stinking majestic. You know, I thought it was impossible. Yes, Al said, that's impossible, (laughs) after seeing the incredible trick and the twist that Justin put on it. Overall, it was a great show. They raised over $66,000 for those Alzheimer's charities. It was just such a fun evening. And I actually went to the VIP after show, which was a lot of people just kind of asking dumb questions. (laughs) (laughs) The first trick was he's in his car, he's driving, he's like, sorry guys, you know, I I had to run to the store, so he's still broadcasting on Zoom, but he's driving his car. So he pulls up to his driveway, parks, he goes and he opens the front door, and there he is inside the house. And so everyone in the VIP was just like, how did you do that? How did you do that? And he very eloquently was like, I can't tell you. (laughs) But kids kept asking him, and then at one point a kid like jokingly asked him, and then the kid's like, oh, I'm just kidding. It was it was funny. But it was great because one of the people during the VIP, I didn't speak up at all. I just sat there and, and observed. But <laughs> this one woman, she's like, oh, I was so happy that you had Weird Al there. I've been a fan of Weird Al Yankovic for many years. Oof. And I just, <laughs> oh, I just cringed so bad. <laughs> If you're a fan of Weird Al, please get his name right. (laughs) Well, maybe you should have turned her onto this podcast so we could have set her straight. That's right. If she's listening right now, get it right! (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a really fun event. And it's so great that they raised over $66,000 for Alzheimer's research. And Justin did say that they would do more Magic for Memories events coming up. So hopefully there'll be another chance for you to tune in if you missed this last one. Now, here's another update from a former guest. We're so excited to see that episode 108-inch guest, comedy musician Stephen Lynch, his tour has officially been rescheduled and is back on sale now. You can head on over to stephenlynch.com for tour information. Now, Dave, last week I posted in our official Facebook group, group group.2000inch.com, how Weird Al's name showed up on an episode of Mental Samurai. Well, Al showed up on yet another game show this past week. His name was given as a clue for people with long hair on the $100,000 pyramid. But, brace yourself, Dave, much like the woman from the Magic for Memories VIP, they called him Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, no! Where does that even come from? (laughs) Well, there's someone else we're going to have to introduce to the podcast. Set them straight as well. Yeah, so that guy who said his name wrong, if you're listening, get it right! (laughs) (laughs) Last week, we discussed the Sparks Brothers documentary by filmmaker Edgar Wright, which has some cameos by the one and only Weird Al, and we invited listeners to call in with their reviews of the film. Well... Intern Frank, did we get any reviews? Well, finally. All right, Frank, let's hear it. Hello, Dave and Ethan. Frank, I guess. It's UH Jeff calling to leave my review of the Sparks Brothers documentary. Uh, Like many of your other listeners, I saw it. I loved it. I thought that it was really well crafted. Uh, I learned a ton about the Sparks. I'm sorry, about Sparks. Uh, No, the which is one thing I learned in the doc. 
I'm babbling. Anyway, I just thought that uh, it was really cool. It was, uh, it was awesome to see Al. I just wish that uh, there was more Al to be had. Someone really should do a documentary that features Al a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll go work on that. Okay, bye! Great idea on that documentary about Weird Al. Get right on that, Jeff! I guess we got another review. Greetings, Dave and Ethan. This is Eric Rhodes calling from a secret underground lair somewhere in Atlanta. Uh, I've just seen the Sparks Brothers movie again. I got to see it back in January when it streamed through Sundance. And for people like me that uh, went to see it for Al or because it's an Edgar Wright movie but came out feeling like they wanted to hear more Sparks but... 50 years worth of material is a bit of a daunting assignment. I gravitated toward Edgar Wright's playlist on Spotify's Sparks for Beginners that he compiled himself. Uh, a podcast called All You Ever Think About is Sparks, hosted by a Sparks superfan named Christian Huey that I actually took improv classes with in Austin a few years ago. And then I moved on to the three-disc set Past Tense, which will give you an overview of all 25 albums up until now, and the 1974 album Kimono My House that contains songs like This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us, Amateur Hour, and Talent is an Asset, and the 2017 CD Hippopotamus, which uh, has songs like Edith Piaf Said It Better Than Me, What the Hell Is It This Time, and I Wish You Were Fun. So that's a good start for anybody who would like to learn more about Sparks which will definitely give you a new appreciation for Virus Alert. Well, thank you, Eric, for all that great information. I'm definitely going to take your advice because I got done with the film and I was like, I don't know what to do. There's so much stuff. So thank you for the great advice. I'm definitely going to figure out how to use Spotify so I can check out that playlist. And Virus Alert, like many of Al's style parodies, can be enjoyed on their own, but you do get a deeper appreciation for them when you're familiar with the band or the artist that they honor. If anyone else has seen the film and wants to weigh in, we'd love for you to share your thoughts over on our Facebook group, group.2000inch.com. And if you haven't seen it yet, you'll probably love it. Well, we got a great email from our one and only Canadian listener that doubles as a cartoon artist, Chris Sear. Well, do we know for a fact that our other Canadian listener isn't a cartoon artist, Dave? Oh, now come on, Ethan. I'm sure we have dozens of Canadian listeners. Ah, you're right, Dave. Okay, well, let's use our eyes to tell our listeners' ears what we see. So Chris made this really awesome banner. It's got our logo. Behind it is all of these white Canadian flags, or I guess maple leaves. And then, <laughs> Dave, you're dressed as a Mountie sitting on a moose. <laughs> And Ethan, you're dressed as a lumberjack from the Lumberjack Show, I'm sure, holding yes. a hockey stick, sitting next to a beaver, holding a Canadian flag, riding a Zamboni. <laughs> it doesn't get more Canadian than that. Definitely not. <laughs> you know, he always gives us these great ones to use as our profile pictures. So for David Rossi, he's got you. You're wearing, you know, pretty much the same outfit that Al does during Canadian Idiot on tour. And you are <laughs> holding a giant bottle of maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> and Ethan, you've got on a red blazer emblazoned with those white maple leaves of Canada so famous for. And you are holding a craft macaroni and cheese dinner 
It's pretty amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for this amazing artwork, Chris. We'll post this over on our Facebook group, group group.2000inch.com, for everyone to see and enjoy. Chris, you truly are one pretty stinking majestic beer-swilling hockey nut. All right, Ethan, let's get to this week's interview. Take it away. Dave and I, we are so excited to once again be joined for the second episode in a row by the Grammy Award-winning musician who has spent nearly 40 years as Weird Al's guitarist. You know him from last week. You know him from our theme song. Please welcome back Jim Kimo West. How's it going, Jim? (laughs) Thanks, Dave and Ethan. I'm excited to uh, continue our conversation we had last week. All right, us too. All right, let's jump right in. I'm, I'm so interested in this, you know, early stuff you were doing. So, you know, when you started playing at 12, were you, you know, influenced by a family member or friend to, to play guitar? And, and were you covering stuff or writing your own stuff? Um, yeah, my older brother, who's uh, 10 years older than me, he was, he had, he played guitar just, you know, just for fun. He, and he played yeah. kind of folk music and finger picking. So, you know, he saw I was interested, so he uh, kind of hooked me up and bought me a. He had an old guitar in the closet, so he had a, he you know uh, he bought a set of strings and a book and you know some stuff and you know kind of set me on the path you know more yeah. or less. So uh, I didn't really I didn't really learn so much from him, but I but some of the first stuff I played was whatever he was listening to you know folk mm-hmm. music and mm-hmm. finger picking you know and. Um, mm. And then I got into electric guitar, you know, shortly afterwards too. But um, but I always stay with acoustic as well. So I've always played both acoustic and electric. And do you just have the one brother? I, I remember meeting one of your brothers. I think at the Syracuse show a couple years ago. Yeah, that's my older brother. No, I yeah. have a younger brother too. He lives on and lives on Maui. Oh, cool. Yep. Did you ever record with your brother? No, not really. I mean, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing um, legitimate. You know, other than maybe some kind of random video after drinking a lot of beer or something (laughs) 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 are you primarily self-taught with guitar or did you take any lessons or anything to that effect well i like to say i have a perfect record of no lessons and no classes (laughs) no (laughs) wow (laughs) wow (laughs) i'm impressed (laughs) but i mean you know you learn from you pick up your knowledge from other musicians you play with and from books and you know listening to music and you know just you're always i'm always studying music but just not in the official way of studying it right know. got it yeah i guess changing gears a little bit there, there was a really funny story uh one of our guests was telling us earlier this year uh we we spoke to the photographer robin von swank who of course did a lot of stuff with al and she also shot your cover for slackers in paradise and she said you and Ken were there at her house, you know, posing for the shot. And I guess out walked her stoned and very confused roommate. <laughs> walked right into the scene. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I had this concept for this for this record cover um, quite a while ago. And and um, I, you know, I wasn't I, the, I had somebody, a photographer that, that couldn't make it and, and um was out of town and I just didn't know who to call and I so I, I I asked Al if he knew anybody that he could recommend that you know wasn't going to be like a super high-end expensive photographer and he says well you should call Robin Von Swank because she might know somebody you know so um, I got in touch with Robin and I um, and I just you know 
um, said, I'm looking for somebody. I said, I can't afford you, but I'm looking for somebody who could do this, and this is the concept. Mm-hmm. And then she wrote me back and said, you know, well, I'm not that busy right now. I, I'll do it, you know. you know. And, and I said, well, I can only afford this much, you know. Mm-hmm. And she goes, that's cool, you know. And she, <laughs> wow. And she had a good suggestion because, because you know, instead of, instead of um, trying to find a Hawaiian-looking location in Los Angeles because we're all here in L.A., um, she said, let's just shoot everything in my studio against a like a green screen or whatever a background um you just get all your elements you guys your guitars your you know there was coconuts and beer bottles and all this different (laughs) stuff we'll shoot all that stuff separately and then it can all be assembled you know against a background and and uh, which was a very smart idea because then she could control the lighting perfectly and you know didn't have to worry about the weather or anything like that so we we did it all 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 at her studio and then Later on, um, after we got all the elements, then my um, graphic designer, um, Greg Porth, who does all my package designs, he mm-hmm. put the whole thing together. He found a great background, and he, you know, put us on the beach and, you know, basically just <laughs> assembled the whole thing, you know. He did a really brilliant job of it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, especially the, vi- the vinyl, it looks really great when you open it up and the, the gatefold. But, yeah, I do remember, I do remember one point, her roommate walking in i can't remember but we were having a good time because we were you know we're as as she's shooting us we're we're playing too we're playing music and having a good time you know while she's while she's shooting us so but yeah that was really um i i remember when she when she you know agreed to do it i was just blown away and i just i i could hardly sleep at night i can't believe we're gonna rob von swank is gonna shoot our cover (laughs) she does such incredible work that that's so cool yeah, if yeah. you go to her website, I recommend anybody um, looking at uh, vonswank.com and checking out her portfolio. It's just brilliant. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Now, uh, I, I feel like we kind of buried the lead a little bit talking about it this late in the interview, but your new album just came out last week, and it's incredible. It's Ka Honua Maluhia, Peaceful World, and this is the follow-up to your other semi-recent album i believe the new album that came out when we first had you on the podcast moku maluhia peaceful island right exactly it's a it's basically a follow-up to moku maluhia um the same artist did the covers on both um the artwork the paintings uh, harry wishard from the big island hmm. uh, so it's in the same vein as as moku maluhia just uh, another um another chapter in that um just like my uh recent cd more guitar stories the one that won the grammy um that was a follow-up to Guitar Stories. It was a very similar kind of approach and um, package design and same photographer, etc. Hmm. Right. Are you just going to keep like, you know, is your next album going to be even more Guitar Stories? And then <laughs> the next album after that will be something like Ha Ayo Maluhia Peaceful Universe. You know, is it just going to, is this a theme that we're going <laughs> to keep seeing? <laughs> well... I don't know. I, I I don't think I'll do more than two uh, two of each, you know. Um, but um, no, I am working on another another record, you know. Um, well, I've I've got some other things going on right now, but I'll get back to it probably by the end of probably into next month. I'll start working on it again. But it's um it's a little different. Um, another something different. It's a little more of a Americana influenced slack key kind of maybe like ambient Americana maybe. Um, not really sure what to call it. Something, whatever it is, it's something I've never heard before. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, very cool. <laughs> oh, wow, great. 
Yeah. So with Kaho Nua Maluhia, Peaceful World, uh, it's got 12 new original compositions on it. And I listened to it. Ethan and I, we got our copies early because you had an amazing sale. The, uh, but now the album's been released as of last Friday. So now everybody can pick it up. And uh, there were a couple of tunes I just wanted to, to ask you a little bit about. And the first one, it would be the, the very first song on the album. And hopefully I say this correct. Frangipani? Yes, Frangipani. It's a, it's another name for plumeria, which is a one of the the flowers you you smell when you first get get off the plane in Hawaii you know the hmm. air is kind of perfumed with plumeria scent you know it's all yeah. they grow all over the islands and um but in other parts of the world they call it frangipani which is an interesting sounding word hmm. but um but yeah it's an original piece i, I actually recorded a, um back during the pandemic when it first started i did a lot of you know what I'd call stay-at-home videos, where I would record a tune and post it on Facebook and YouTube. And at the time, I had, I wrote it back then during the pandemic, and I didn't have a name for it. So when I posted it on my social media, I would just called it untitled, you know. But um, so I finally, re- you know, I recorded it properly, and then eventually came up with a title for it. Hmm. That, that was interesting, and I don't know if 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 you did this intentionally or not, or if it's just my mind being overactive. But <laughs> when I opened up the actual CD, once I got it, my C- I- I've been to Hawaii. You know, I've seen you perform in Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii before. I've been to Maui. And as I opened up the CD, I, I smelled. I said, this is the smell that I smelled when I walked off of the plane into Maui. So I don't know how you did it, but you managed not only to write a song about that smell, but you managed to transport that smell, at least into my booklet, when you open it up and bring you right back to Hawaii. I think it's all in your mind, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I really would, would like to do that. If there was a way of doing that properly, I would I would love to do that. But um, but yeah, there is, there is you know, the air in, in Hawaii, like, you know, like I say, when you have step off the plane you can you can smell it it's just the air right. is perfumed you know and um and that's one of my favorite you know fragrances are very powerful they you know they of course bring back memories they fragrances are just so powerful and um, i've been going to hawaii for so long that you know w- when you really smell plumeria is when somebody puts a lay around your neck that's because most of the lays in hawaii are plumeria lays there's all kinds of mm. other ones too but the most common is the plumeria lay. And, um, of course, you know, somebody puts that around your neck, uh, maybe like before a show, somebody will come out and put, give me a, a, a lay, a plumeria lay. And, and you just, you know, you smell that heavenly fragrance all during the, the evening if you're performing or whatever you're doing, going to dinner or whatever. And it's, um, it's one of my favorite fragrances uh, is plumeria. There's another song on there about Maui, specifically uh Hamoa Beach, Hamoa Beach Days is the name of the song. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that song? Well, you know, it's a it's a melody that has a bit of a wistful kind of a remembrance type of quality to it, and um, you know, Hamoa Beach to me is something that is, you know, etched into my brain. I've spent so many days on that beach over the years, you know, since probably 1985, I think. Um, so many good times and good friends and you know, beautiful days on that beach. And um, it's, um, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget, you know, the time I've spent there. And, I've, you know, every time I go to Hana, of course, I'm, one of the first things I do is go down to Hamoa and um, 
see what's going on and get, catch a wave or <laughs> go swimming or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think essentially that, you know, I don't, I didn't have a title for the song and I, it was just, it, it had this sort of um, wistful remembrance type of quality to it. So I, uh, yeah. um, you know, that's something that's, like I say, is really etched into my memory is the, is being at, uh, at Hamoa for hundreds of times over the years. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, there are so many great songs on this album. I mean, it, I just mentioned a few of them. I mean, another couple ones that kind of stand out to me are the, the Tropic Birds, which was, I, I really enjoyed that one, and the Cloud Forest as well. I mean, they're, they're all amazing tunes, though. I mean, definitely, uh, some everyone's got to pick up this album. It, it's, oh, yeah. It's it's. Almost I dared to, I don't want to jinx anything, but I think this might be another possible Grammy Award winner here, Jim. Well, well you know, I mean, geez, that would be amazing. But, you know, maybe we should give somebody else a chance. <laughs> but, um, no, it was it was a, an amazing honor to, you know, to win a Grammy, and it's just incredible. It's, I mean, basically because, you know, the Grammys are voted on by your peers. You know, it's not like a like a popularity contest in so much as the, the the members of the academy are voting for it you know so right right you know the people who are voting voting are you know musicians artists composers producers engineers and and so on so that kind of makes it you know extra special you know to me uh, but um, right but yeah you know i mean i i will probably i'll submit it into the grammys and you know i don't I, I, but i generally you know when i make records i don't really think in terms of you know awards or anything like that you know you just you just try and make music that's good and uh and do your best and and you just put it out there and see what happens you know and on more guitar yeah. stories i um because that was a little more of an eclectic record i think it it resonated with with more people because it had a lot of variety on it and um mm. some great musicians uh a lot of great musicians on that record um you know, jimmy johnson and um Charlie Bisharad and all these great players on it, um, mm. and it was one record that I, I remember. I I, do, I would just get phone calls out of the blue from people, you know, to just you know musicians and producer friends of mine and of mine, and um, you know I got more calls just out of the blue of people telling me how much they liked that record, and it was very um, humbling. It was very amazing to to get get calls like that from people just you know <laughs> just feeling like hey i've got to call him up and tell him i like it that's, yeah that's uh that's pretty pretty cool so um but you know you just try yeah. you just you know try and do your best and do music you know to me i mean i don't have you know really ultra eclectic tastes i mean i like all kinds of music i you know i feel if it's if it if it appeals to me, if I get a, a tune composed and recorded and it makes me feel good, then I figure, well, you know, I'm not that different than anybody else. If, if it feels good to me, then somebody else is probably going to like it as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if it's not like I have, you know, you know, crazy, I mean, like if I wanted, you know, all, if, if my only thing I liked was atonal music or something <laughs> like that, then, you know, then of course, you know, you'll have a, you know, there'll be a few people who, who really appreciate it, but, <laughs> but probably not many, not, right. probably not many. Right. You know. But luckily my, my tastes aren't, you know, go too far in that direction. It's, um, but I, I do like all kinds of music. It's just that the stuff that, you know, the, the Hawaiian slack key based music and guitar, of course, guitar based music is, 
is what works for me. I'm so happy to have a, yet another new album from you. The Kaho Nua Maluhia Peaceful World and, and Guitar Stories. It's just, it's always so nice to listen to that. You know, I love listening in the car, you know, after like a stressful day at work or, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's always such an easy thing to listen to. Well, I think, you know, for me, I mean, even, um, you know, I'm, I'm in LA and sometimes the freeways are just crazy, but I can put on a, a you know, a Kayla Beamer record. He's another slacky artist who I really like. He does a lot of very meditative type music. Um, mm. And, um, you know, I can I can put on one of his records in the car and it doesn't matter how bad the traffic is on the freeway. It's just everything is good. You know? it's, <laughs> yeah. So it's, oh, it's yeah. very, very, you know, if nothing else, it's very it's very useful for that. You know, it, yeah. it makes driving, you know, it's sort of an it's sort of an antidote to road rage. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should almost come standard in, in some cars, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> calm people down but um yeah i mean it's it is it is a very relaxing kind of music and um puts puts you in a good place generally i think people you know people don't maybe not understand it musically but it but i mean people almost universally agree that it's very you know super relaxing yeah and what i love to do with your cds and your albums jim is is I'll put them on in the background like while I'm while I'm working and I, what I really like about them is most of them, you know, it, it's entirely musical. There's not a lot of, you know, lyrics in there which which it helps me focus, you know, cuz if I'm doing some, you know, difficult computations or something, I I don't want words going on in the background, but this right. is kind of will meditate things and and take all the background noise away and, you know, relax me while I'm trying to, you know, work the entire day. Right, so I, right. I really I'll put that on all the time, you know, just to kind of drown out everything else that's going on. Yeah, I get a lot of comments like that from people that, you know, um, uh, I've, I got an email a while back from somebody in Russia who was a student, and they said they just like to listen to my music while they study, you know, because it's, oh, wow. it, right. it doesn't, it's a vibe, but it doesn't, it doesn't distract them or it doesn't demand attention, I guess is what it is. It's some records really demand attention and some that are just instrumental too. I mean, some of them just, you know, really it's like, Hey, you got to listen to this, you know, and that's fine, you know, too. But, um, but, um, I think, you know, for mine, you can listen to it. You can get into it if you want to listen to it closely, or you can just kind of let it roll by in the background. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Keep your world peaceful. Yeah. When I, when I listen to, any of your stuff now it brings me back to a really incredible night which was at the the end of uh, 2019 i got to see you with ken emerson there was hula dancing um your wife diana was there singing and and hula dancing as well i mean that was really a, a very special performance getting to see you with all of those great guests where where was that again i forgot <laughs> that was uh that was somewhere in la that was uh end of 2019 it was like a small coffee shop oh yeah the coffee gallery probably yeah the yeah. little place right yes yes yeah yeah it was so cool and and you know <laughs> i loved and I, I i loved the song I, I wanted to ask you about it the 12 days of hawaiian christmas is that one that you wrote <laughs> no it's one that diana came up with it, yeah it's you know it's the typical 12 days of christmas but you just you know substituted <laughs> the lyrics you know <laughs> yeah oh well, it was so you know it was so funny because you know you 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 sort of started off the song and 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 taught the audience about the word howly and um it, it had a great punchline 
<laughs> throughout the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one for, for the holiday show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, we didn't touch on uh, your Grammy Award win yet. So I'd like... Uh, to talk a little bit about that, but I want to preface it with something that you said, a quote from episode one inch. You said, I don't know if a Grammy really means a lot. Now that you have won the Grammy, do you still feel that way? <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I think, I think what I, what I was saying back then is that, it, you know, music is, you know, in my, in my past experience, you know, the fact that something won a Grammy doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's that I'm going to like it, you know. But if you do win a Grammy for something, it will. A lot of people will will think that way, you know, and they are going to, um, you know, probably buy a record, you know, because it won a Grammy. So of course, you know, the Grammy is an award is 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 great for sales. Just like when when a film it wins an Oscar, then you know everybody goes to the theater to see it, and right. um, it's fantastic in that respect. But what I have learned is that, like I was saying, it does mean so much because it is, you know, it is uh, your peers who are voting on it, you know. So there's people that you respect in the industry who are um, who are voting for you, you know. And so that is, you know, that's something that I've found to be, um, you know, really, really, really special and, 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 and very powerful and, you know, and... Um, you know that's that's to me the essence of of the of the Grammy. Besides being just something that's going to improve your, uh, you know, your bottom line and sell more CDs. <laughs> right. It's the it's the fact that you know that you know pe- your peers have 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 chosen you. You know, yeah. which is which is amazing. But I you know I also yeah I also feel good about it because I feel it was a good record to begin with, and the fact that it won you know it was just icing on the cake. You know, I mean I. I, I felt I'd, I did a good job on the record just to begin with, even if it didn't win. I mean, I was I was surprised it got nominated because it's, uh, you know, I don't set out to make new age records because, but they they tend to use the new age category to you know for new age music and just other stuff that maybe doesn't fit in other places, you know. So mm-hmm. I was very surprised mm-hmm. to even even get nominated. You know, that was like, oh gee, I didn't see that coming. I just didn't you know because it's kind of it's kind of an eclectic mix of music on that record so i um i was very surprised to get nominated but then um you know we had the grammy show which was all virtual i was just sitting here in my room my studio and, uh, <laughs> right. and um and i couldn't you know when they announced my name i was like wow that was it was just hard to believe Unfortunately, they had my mic muted when I when I went to give my right. speech. You know that was uh, very yeah. strange. And then all of a sudden, they cut right to the next award. But um, and I was thinking, did I do something wrong? I was like, no, I was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't touch anything. And I, right. I could sort of hear somebody in the background screaming, like I could. I could hear him fine. What happened? <laughs> the producers were. Oh. <laughs> and then I realized that you know, because after you when you win, if you win, then they you go to this other. Um, green room, you know, like another Zoom kind of green room thing. Oh, okay. And then you, um, and then you get interviewed by different people, you know. So I, I realized, oh yeah, when I went to the the green, you know, to those other things, they could hear me just fine. Um, so yeah. I don't know something something on their end, you know. But it was, but I decided to, um, on the advice of a friend, I um, 
you know, I just after that after it all happened, I just went ahead and recorded my acceptance speech and just put it up on YouTube and mm-hmm. and then I, I sent also sent it to the to the Grammy people because I think if they're archiving the show, they're just gonna cut in my speech because it was the same lighting and the same you know right. microphone and everything was exactly the same. So I just basically recorded it and that way they could they could edit it into the you know into the archive you know oh that's great but yeah it was pretty pretty amazing experience and then then you know eventually it, it showed up in the mail and i saw i was getting a fedex <laughs> from santa monica and it weighed 6.5 pounds and <laughs> <laughs> I said, wow, it sounds like it might be it <laughs> i mean it's wow, it, as soon as you get it in the mail and you open it what what do you do do you you kiss it do you <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I first looked, just looked to make sure they spelled my name right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep, they got my name right. How about that? That's good. That's good. <laughs> but, um, no, I was, wow. yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty fantastic. And um, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll submit this record in the Grammys, but I'm not, you know. I'm not counting on anything, but it's it's always nice to put it out there and hear what your uh, peers have to say. Yeah, absolutely. So where is the Grammy? Where you know is it? Do you have it uh, in a special place? <laughs> I put it. I use it as a hood ornament. <laughs> 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 no, it's uh, it's just uh, you know I have a for lack of a better place. It's just on my mantle right now. But um, you know maybe I'll bring it into my studio. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> any chance that the grammy award will uh make it out on tour with you <laughs> no, i don't think so no. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez of course we're talking about uh just just to be clear i don't know if we said it earlier yeah, the grammy award was for best new age album for more guitar stories and that was earlier this year at the 63rd annual grammy awards back in March, actually, this year. And like you said, this it was such a unique experience. It had to be a unique experience. It was a unique experience um, in that it was entirely virtual. Now, right. y- you mentioned, you talked about it a little bit, and you had previously actually been to the Grammy Awards um, back when your Moku Maluhia Peaceful Island was nominated back in 2019. You were actually at the awards. How was that experience different being virtual versus being there well it was yeah i mean it was you know going to the grammys i mean when you get nominated there's like two or three amazing parties even before the grammys that they have for the nominees you know oh cool and um and you know and they're just really fun to go to and of course we didn't get to do that didn't get to uh, go down the red carpet didn't get to go to the Grammy parties afterwards. It was, you know, it was basically, you know, hanging out in front of my computer for a while and having a (laughs) glass of wine. And, um, but I, but I tell you, my phone really blew up though. I tell you, I was like, I couldn't even, it was just like going, bing, 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 bing. It was like, crazy, but. um, Amazing. Yeah, it was insane. I was like, I just, it was just crazy. But, um, but yeah, it was it was too bad because I mean it would have been so nice to you know go have the real experience as a winner. But uh, <laughs> right. But I but I had been to the Grammys before and, and you know and um you know and and, ex- and experienced that anyway. So at least I did get to do that as a nominee before. So yeah, yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. It was all good. 
Now, when they're letting everybody know on the Zoom call, are you finding out at the same time as everybody else or because it was uh, virtual, did you know ahead of time that they were going to cut back to you or anything like that? Did you get any indication that you might have won before before everybody else found out that you had won? Um, no, you're actually watching the broadcast on the screen. Um, you're watching the show that everybody else is watching. Hmm. And um, you're just watching them announce the name, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure. You know, I, I remember, I think when they had the Oscars, the virtual Oscars, they had a, um, I guess for all the nominees, you know, they were on a Zoom type of thing with themselves or their friends or family or whatever. And, and they would have an actual person standing outside the door with an Oscar award. Oh, wow. And then if you won, then they would come in and give you the Oscar. Wow. But then if you didn't win, they would, wow. just, they would just wave by and go, oh, no. go, go with the Oscar. So wow. I, I thought if, I, at first I thought maybe they were going to do something like that, you know, but I'm sure that was just with people all over the world, you know, I mean, it's pretty hard to do. Right. right. But um, yeah, no, it was basically even on the regular Grammys, they just, they just have, you know, a few of them up there to, to hand to, for people to hold and then they you know, they get their real ones, engraved ones later in the mail. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine what a tease that would be? You know, if somebody shows up to your house with a Grammy Award and you get all excited and then they go, oh, nope, sorry, and they, ta- they take it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're sitting on the Zoom call, can you see the other participants? Like, do you see, like, you know, Billie Eilish and everyone else, like their names in Zoom or how was it set up? No, you just, um, you know, all you see is the, um, all you see is the actual screen from the, from the broadcast. Okay. Um, okay. And of course this is the, what they call the, the pre-show. So it's a, it's a separate feed, you know, it's not the big show um, in the evening. It's the one that's in the afternoon and it's a, um, it's not broadcast on the network television. It's brought, it's a, it's a live stream, you know, Right, but um, but it's a, but it's a great production. I mean, I I was there a few years ago, um, and it's you know they have a great ba- house band and they've got beautiful sets. And actually, to me, the the pre-show has much better entertainment. They have really interesting world music and and you know very interesting stuff on the pre-show. It's very very cool. Hmm. Very but, cool. Um, but yeah, you're just you're just watching you know the show on TV. But you can. You 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 are dialed into your you have like an assigned producer you know somebody who's you know basically holds your hand through the whole thing so every once in a while they'll be talking to you going hey you're there everything's good okay oh, everything's great you know so you're hearing them <laughs> them talking as well cool are you told ahead of time when your category is coming up or were you just sitting there the whole time and then <laughs> finally it's like oh now it's my category now it's best new age album no they tell you um. They tell you uh, when to expect it, and you know. Then they're they're constantly giving you things like, okay, it's going to be about twenty minutes, and then they're come on, okay, it's about five minutes, and then then they come on and say, okay, your category's next. You know, they're they're they hold your hand through the whole thing, and mm-hmm. they're very, you know they were, were it was pretty well organized except for the darn <laughs> right <laughs> mic mute, muting mistake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, everybody, everybody out there, you know, because everybody's been doing Zoom for so long, everybody assumed it was me that I had my mic muted, you know. And it was like <laughs> I didn't even have a place. I didn't have a place to mic on this thing. It wasn't Zoom; it was some other application. But right, right. There wasn't even a place for me to mute my mic, you know. So I, 
Everybody assumed I muted. <laughs> <laughs> like, I did not mute my mic. Not my fault. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, Jim, sometimes when John Bermuda Swartz, when he visits the podcast, he'll bring some rare Weird Al clips or audio, either from you know you guys performing a song only one time live, or maybe it'll be like a, a specific clip from a song, like an isolated track. And recently he brought something that the three of us had talked about all the way back on episode one inch about you doing the original guitar work for Money for Nothing Beverly Hillbillies. And then Mark Knopfler came in and re-recorded it. And famously, he did it a little bit different than his original way. And back on episode one inch, you said you had not actually heard a version with your guitar work in it in a very long time. And Bermuda actually brought us a clip, so we would love to play that for you. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know, I, I remember it from the session when we recorded it, and then, uh, you know, and then I heard Mark Knopfler was going to do it, which was, you know, fantastic, of course, to get, get the, the original guy on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'd love to uh, get your reaction to you actually playing. This is a, a couple clips from your original session. Wow. about that <laughs> doesn't sound too bad it actually sounds pretty pretty close to the original it does it sounds fantastic <laughs> it does, yeah <laughs> yeah i i remember recording that and um you know trying to figure out how to get the sound and then later on i discovered that you know how he was getting the tone he was getting and at that time when we recorded it, i didn't I mean, I, even though i played it really right i didn't quite have the same tone he has because he was using a wah-wah it's a trick where you use a wah-wah pedal, but you just play, you just leave it set at a certain place. It's like a heavy filter, you know. Oh, cool! And um, you oh. know, so once we once we started doing it in the live show, I, I was already on to that trick, you know. So I, when we did it live, I would always use the uh, the wah-wah like uh, like Mark Knopfler did on on the original. And so playing it live, you would play it like the original song, not how it's it is on the album. Oh, you know, I'm I'm sure it was kind of a you know, over the years of playing it, it kind of morphs a bit. You know, you, you try to play it your original way, and then, you know, every tour it kind of changes a little bit, you know. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, it, it, it changes around a bit. I think with a song like that, you have, you know, there's some signature licks you got to have, like the opening, and then, but then once you get into the song itself, you can kind of play it a little bit different every night, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I think I originally started off like the record, and then um, who knows what it ended up like. <laughs> well, that's the same thing for probably that's probably why Mark Knopfler played it a little bit different because he had, you know, recorded it all those years ago and then played it so many times live. I, you know, by that point he had probably you know changed it around a little bit at that point too. So right, yeah. 
All right, we have another clip that we want to play for you, and then we're gonna uh, we'd like to hear your reaction to it, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And I, I guess just to give give a little bit more introduction, this is an isolated track from Phony Calls from the Bad Hair Day album. All right, so let's play this clip now. Does that ring any bells to you? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh... Uh, yeah, I guess that's in the song. I can't quite remember what, where that yeah. came from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, when Bermuda was on the podcast, he told us that that number is 3725806. Does that number ring a bell for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my old <laughs> my old studio number when I lived in Hermosa Beach. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's I didn't I didn't know that. <laughs> Wow, all these years later, <laughs> 25 years later, wow, you're just crazy. finding out that your phone number was in phony call. <laughs> That's a bit of, bit, of, bit of trivia that I did not know. Wow. <laughs> so is it safe to say that if you didn't know, the fans never figured out and started calling and harassing you? <laughs> uh, you know, I, mean, I probably got a lot of strange phone calls back then, but I can't, can't quite remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kimo, with, with the knowledge of your number, 372-5806, being in phony calls, a friend of our podcast, Zeb Lemke, uh, myself and Dave, and with a little help from Bermuda and, and a couple other friends, uh, we put together something that we wanted to play for you, and, and uh, we hope you enjoy it, and we'd love to get uh, your thoughts on it. Okay.
That was that was an amazing uh, little production there. It even had some polka and some slack key in there too. That was great. <laughs> we were just so, so inspired. <laughs> very very creative. That's very cool. <laughs> and did you notice who uh, who said your call cannot be completed as dialed? No, I did not. Who was that? That was you. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Last week when we asked you to record that, <laughs> we dropped oh! that in the song. <laughs> I'll be darned. I forgot that. <laughs> All righty. You guys got me. You got me. <laughs> Is it the first time there's been a song written about you? Well, um, actually, no. There was uh, my my uh, my Hawaiian friend Kapoku wrote a, wrote a song called Noke Kimo Kika, which is... Uh, you know, Kimo's guitar. He wrote a song for me once uh, about, you know, I wrote a song about me and, and my slack key. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A number of years ago. Yeah. It's, um, um, but anyway, yeah, it was quite an honor. Now I got two songs written about me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think just, just as a, a clarification, that is not your number anymore. You're no longer 372 mm-hmm. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, but I remember it well. Yeah, that was my studio number uh, back in um, when I lived in Hermosa Beach all those years ago. Yeah. Well, thanks for, for the inspiration and, and uh, allowing us to play that for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. That was cool. After, you'll have to send me a copy of that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely will. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Jim, this has just been so awesome getting to to chat with you again. You're always so generous with your time with us. And, you know, obviously the theme song, you know, we can't say that enough. But, you know, definitely from, <laughs> from, from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, we just want to personally thank you uh, for joining us and, and for uh, congratulate you for winning the Grammy and congratulate you also for this incredible new album, Kaho Nua Maluhia Peaceful World. It's available now, jimkemowest.com. People can get it on Spotify, iTunes as well, I'm sure. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thanks, you guys. I appreciate you having me on. And, um, you know, we'll do it again in two years. Well, mahalo to Jim Kimo West for joining us for this amazing two-part interview. Be sure to pick up his new album, Kaha Nua Maluhia Peaceful World, over at jimkimowest.com or wherever you get your pretty stinking majestic music. Ethan, you've got to tell me about this amazing parody you did, Kimo 3725806. What can you tell me about that? <laughs> oh, man, it took so much work, Dave. <laughs> So not too long after episode 104 inch aired where 
we actually played that clip from Bermuda. I heard from Zeb, and he said, ooh, I think it would be really fun to make a parody of 8675309. I said, Zeb, I'm in. I want to do this with you. So (laughs) he had to work with me, unfortunately, for him. (laughs) So we worked on the lyrics together, and then he got all the music done. And then it took me quite a while to be happy with the vocals. So, you know... (laughs) I'm not a singer by trade, so it, it took me a little bit of time to to get it right, and I am just so, so happy with it. Well, I think it came out excellent. I think you're a better singer than you give yourself credit for, and I really want to thank you for including me in there. Believe it or not, you could actually hear my voice in that song somewhere. <laughs> yes, it was a secret project. I, I wanted to surprise you with it, so one day I said, Dave, just record yourself saying the word inch, and... You know, I got to give you credit. You're like, okay. <laughs> you didn't ask any questions. You just did it. <laughs> and in a similar way, I asked Jim to just record your call cannot be completed as dialed. And he just, he did. So. <laughs> I guess in a similar way, I told Bermuda I was working on a secret project and I would love it if he could send me the Japanese gibberish part from phony calls. And he's just like, okay. So, <laughs> so luckily everyone trusts me that I'm not going <laughs> to do something too stupid. <laughs> well, it's a great honor to be included in any Ethan or Zeb Lemke project. So I'll definitely say inch as many times as you both want me to over and over again for any project you are working on. <laughs> <laughs> but only the word inch. You're not going <laughs> to stray from that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So, Ethan, uh, that clip from Bermuda, can we listen to it? Sure. All right, well, according to Ask Al, Al says, his name is Jen, and yes, he is speaking real Japanese. I can't tell you exactly what he said, but I told him to ad-lib something to the effect of, why are you calling me? Are you crazy or something? (laughs) It's so perfect. So if any of our listeners out there speak Japanese and can translate that, please let us know. Give us a call on the official Spatula Hotline 347 Spatula or post over in our group, group.2000inch.com. We'd love a translation for that. Now, Dave, I've, I've shared a couple of the Easter eggs already, but I wanted to share one that you may not have caught on to. So during the music break, Zeb actually is playing slack key music and he is playing one of Kimo's originals. <laughs> Very cool, very cool. And I did notice there was another Easter egg near the end of the song. What's going on there? Yes, so at the very, very end of the song, that little guitar riff is, of course, a callback to one of the clips that Bermuda shared with us all the way back on episode 27 Inch, where Al and the band were goofing on the band Night Ranger by playing that little riff at the end of each of their songs. All right, well, you and Zeb got something going here. Have you guys come up with a band name yet? (laughs) Actually, we started to discuss it. So tell me what you think of this. It's not official, but easy listening with Ethan and Zeb. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, a huge thank you to Zeb, to you, Dave, to Bermuda, to Christian Portwine, of course, Jim Kimo West, and Al for using Jim's number in the first place, (laughs) or else we definitely wouldn't have been able to do that awesome parody. (laughs) And you should probably thank the band Tommy Two-Tone for writing that hit way back in 1981, 8675309, Jenny. 
All right. I, I suppose we can thank Tommy Two-Tone. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's another pretty sick and majestic thing that happened last weekend. So, as we know, Kimo is getting back and doing the live shows again. And he had a show at the Bamboo Club in Long Beach, California on Saturday night. And he was joined by none other than Dr. Demento in the audience. How cool. How awesome is that? I just wish I could have been there. That would have been so much fun. And there's more cool chemo news. If you purchase his Bamboo Drive, it will have the new album included. So definitely head on over to JimChemoWest.com for any upcoming tour dates and to pick up his brand new album. Oh, oh man. I already have two of those things, Dave. I, I might have to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that song that you and Zeb did? is really just stuck in my head oh yeah three seven two five eight oh six yeah but i keep thinking d-a-v-i-d-g-r-a-n-t you can't stop thinking of david grant either david david wolfandwool.com we dave i had no idea you were such a great singer i'm not but did you know that david grant was such a great comedy rapper MC Chalkskin, of course! I've been rocking out for like 10 years, ever since his first album, Fresh Donuts, dropped. Ah, uh, I remember that like it was 3,743 days ago. So I guess what's really important to remember from this ad is to go to wolfinwool.com and click all the buttons! And listen to all the stuff and buy all the stuff! Wolfinwool.com Hey, I wanted to say calm. You just did. Woohoo! This week's episode is also brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota a beautiful, it's also Western. Wait, are we not talking about Perennial Bank again? Oh no, this week we are talking about Country Saloon. Oh, thank you, Santa! I thought we'd never end our series of Discover Darwin ads about Perennial Bank. Well, we have, so let's chat about Country Saloon. Oh, I'm so glad we're talking about Country Saloon and not Perennial Bank. Phew! Ethan, will you let it up? I'm trying to tell our fine listeners about the Country Saloon. Oh, no, 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 Dave, please, please, tell them about... Country Saloon. All right, so Country Saloon... Because it would just be stupid if we kept talking about Perennial Bank! Am I right? Yes, you're right! So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week, we're able to bring you our podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors, Brito Brito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant at WolfandWool.com, and our newest sponsor, Joe Krause and Waiting for Lunch Radio. And thanks to our amazing close personal friend, Patreon supporters, Javier, UH Jeff Zeb, Allison Blair, Frank from the Bank, Kenneth, Jared, and Jake, and thanks to Calvin and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch or by picking up some pretty stinking majestic official Dave Neathan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast merchandise, such as t-shirts, tank tops, towels, and socks. 
over at shop.2000inch.com. And remember, right now, Patreon supporters can check out the first two episodes of Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episode series, our special book series where we sit down with author John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture, centimeter by centimeter through his book Black and White and Weird All Over. Patreon supporters get to hear all bonus episodes early. Everyone else, stay tuned. Frank said he would post them outside of Patreon once he finishes getting all that darn mayonnaise off our lawns. If you haven't visited Patreon lately, you'll want to head on over there because our intern Frank just posted full song MP3s from the May 8th two-year anniversary concert starring Trevor Strong of the Arrogant Worms. So if you are a Patreon supporter and you missed it or you want to hear it again, you can do so now. And if you aren't a Patreon supporter yet and you want to listen to the entire concert, you can join now over at patreon.com slash 2000 inch and do so. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. Join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And you know, we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline 347 spatula. You might even hear your message on the show. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit WeirdOutPodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you once again to our guest, the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West. Also thanks to Eric Rhodes, UH Jeff Nucera, Zeb Lemke, Christian Portwine, John Bermuda Schwartz, Chris Sear, and thank you again to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible theme song. And thanks to, you know, Weird Al or whoever that may be, as this podcast probably wouldn't exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for listening to Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And always remember to gill and chill. All right. Well, today's June 30th and tomorrow is July 1st. So when exactly does June 31st happen again? Ethan, now is not the time to question it. Now is the time to grab your boots and stomp your cares away. Hip hip hooray, it's weasel stomping day. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 113-inch. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Hey, boys.